Welcome to Season 1 of the HolyAnointing.com podcast. I'm glad you're here. Each week I'll bring you interviews with special guests on topics such as holy marriage, holy entertainment, and holy life. All with one outcome in mind, your freedom. My name is Cameron Thomas and I believe that true freedom only comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. But though many of us know Him, not all of us are living free. I'm not there yet, but as I go on this journey towards spiritual freedom, financial freedom, and physical freedom, I want to share with you not only the wisdom I gain, but the wisdom of others who are farther along than I am. So relax and be blessed as you join me on this journey. Hey everybody, welcome to the HolyAnointing.com podcast. I'm super excited about my guest today. Um, Dr. Chris Green is with me. He's a longtime friend of mine, and uh, he is a practicing chiropractor, but he's also been teaching me a lot about something called the Hebrew picture language. So we'll get into that and talk about that and how it relates to your health. And... uh, but right now, I want to start off with a little bit of my story, um, which I haven't shared with you guys as to why he's here, why I've invited him here, and, and what I've, uh, what's brought me to this point. Um, about five years ago, I kind of started praying to the Lord for some wisdom. You know, the Bible says, if you pray for wisdom, the Lord will give it to you generously. And so I started praying to go deeper in my relationship with the Lord, to go deeper into my knowledge and, and wisdom in the Bible and in, in the Lord himself. And, and that's when the Lord created situations that at the time were really frustrating and really disappointing. Um, I had to close a business. I had to um, do different things that were just, you know, where are you, Lord? Why are you doing all this stuff? And it brought us out to Corona. Hindsight being 2020, one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me. But at the time, I was, I just felt like, what are you doing? Why am I, you know, I don't want to go to Corona. <laughs> Why am I here? Um, but it was through this that we ended up at first uh, Crossroads Christian Church where I met a friend of mine that started teaching me things that I'd never been taught before and um, just sharing with me all this wisdom, um, different things. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but one of the examples is the physicality of, of the afterlife and, you know, we're not all just ghosts wandering around and stuff like, you know, different things that brought me deeper into a deeper knowledge. Oh, great example is the feast days and how they relate to Jesus and how they were foretelling Jesus and how he fulfilled some of them and not all of them yet. But um, And then as time went on, I, I kind of learned what he was teaching and then I ended up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship and that's where I met Dr. Chris Green and uh, was looking for something to go even a little bit deeper into my knowledge and, and he introduced me to this uh, Hebrew picture language. Hebrew is something I've wanted to learn for a long time just so I could kind of read the Bible in it and uh, you know that's just the language nerd in me. I, I know most of you are like, who, who cares? I don't want to learn Hebrew, but I'm a language nerd. My, my major in college was Spanish. so. Um, but he brought me into this Hebrew picture language, which takes it to a deeper level. There's a whole other, one of the things that I've loved learning over the last five years is that the Bible is layered. I mean, there's, there's so many, you know, the deeper you go, you find another layer and then you find another layer and then you find another layer and how all this is contained in one comprehensive book is just beyond my understanding, beyond my, you know, it's just, there's just so much to learn. And we'll never learn it in our lifetime, but if we continue to seek that and continue to seek um, that wisdom and that knowledge, then, you know, we, we can go deeper into this and, and learn more about this God that we serve. So, so Dr. Green, now that I've introduced myself, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks well, for thank being you. on it's with me. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm loving listening to your story. I mean, <laughs> I've not heard this, so it's really great. Yeah, it's not something I've shared with a lot of people yet, but, but that's kind of you know, in a nutshell, my journey over the last five years. And it's been really, you know, all the things that I thought were 
afflictions, which we'll talk about later, all the things that I thought were just God, you know, throwing me to the wayside were actually God guiding me to the places that I didn't know I wanted to be. <laughs> it's been kind of an amazing journey. So, um, so tell me a little bit about your story, Dr. Green. Um, how did you come to know this uh, uh, Hebrew picture language? Kind of what is it and how did you come to know it? And what's your journey been on this? Sure, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to share this with you because it really does have the potential to just explode your experience with the Lord and His Word. Because we know in John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning, the Word was with God and the Word was God. And so if we know this person, Jesus, sometimes I'll use the word Yeshua, uh, as he might be known in the Hebrew. Um, but if he, in fact, is the Word, it's really this kind of incredible, bizarre thing to think that we carry in our hands this thing, our Bible, the Word, and in fact, that's the essence of God. So we can read these, um, these words <laughs> on a page, and we're encountering him, our creator, um, the creator of all things seen and unseen, through this um, almost otherworldly thing called words and language, because we speak words and we, con- we communicate with each other through language, but it's like this thing, like you can't touch it, but we just do it like it's nothing. Right. And it's really kind of a, when you think about it in those terms, and I know that gets like really deep, like, oh my gosh, I've got a headache trying to make sense of what you just said. Um, but but that's this thing that we dialogue in. So this, this experience for me has had everything to do with what I just described in that, um, I'll just give you an example. So I've been a guest from time to time here on the Bible Answer Show at Living Truth. And we get some pretty standard questions. Um, a lot of times there's questions about sin, about um, uh, unpardonable sin, um, things about sacrifices, these different things. And frankly, it's very difficult to understand these concepts without knowing the Hebrew. Why? Because about 70% of the New Testament directly references the Old Testament, or it's quoting it, or it alludes to it. So if you want to know these things, you got to know the Hebrew. So about 10 years ago, the Lord put me on a path to encounter, like what you've been started on, to encounter him through this Hebrew language. And so during that time, during this last 10 years for me, um, I've been put on a path where I've encountered like these experts in Hebrew, rabbis, PhD directors of Hebrew language and universities, uh, other doctors that Dr. Frank Seekins in this word picture book um, that digs into the pictographic form of the Hebrew. So for me, it's been a journey, and hopefully everybody's on a journey with the Lord, where I just have been encountering him through this unique thing called the Hebrew language. That's awesome. And, and you know, once again, I just want to reiterate for you guys that if you pray for these things, he will send it to you. You know, he gives generously his knowledge and his wisdom, and um, that's been my experience. And it's just been such an amazing journey getting deeper with the Lord and getting deeper with... Uh, you know, the things of the Bible. Dr. Green, you've written a book called God's Healing Code, a biblical prescription restoring body and soul. Um, we'll get into kind of the overarching theme of the book in a little bit, but I want to kind of give the listeners a little taste of what the Hebrew picture language is. Um, and in your book, in chapter five, you talk about the word ana. Am I pronouncing that right? I think you're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I'm not an expert yet, guys, but I'm getting there. Um, so let's talk about ana, which means afflicted. Uh, what what's the picture language here? What what is the word afflicted really um, describing? The re- and for the listeners, the reason I wanted to go to this word is because one of my major themes in in everything that I do is freedom. I want I want you guys to find freedom, physical freedom, spiritual freedom, 
Um, and Ana, meaning afflicted, kind of ties into um, our theme of trying to help you be free. So describe Ana a little bit and what, what it means to be an afflicted people. Sure. So a couple, um, if the majority of you listening um, are either Christian or you have a Christian background, there's a couple things about God's Word that we don't necessarily encounter so much in a, from a Christian um, angle, uh, from a Christian church perspective, that happens in the Bible, and it's important that we understand this. And so one of them, and you alluded to it earlier, was this idea of layers. And so God reveals Himself through stories, and they're layers. And, and the better you know the stories, the better you remember all of these things, then you can see like themes that play out through the stories. And so um, we might look at scripture and say, well, it's, I don't know what that's about. Like, that makes no sense. What's, I like, close the book. I, I don't get this. Part of the reason we don't get it is that we, we're not connecting the dots. So if you're doing a dot-to-dot picture and you miss some of the dots, well, the picture's not going to make sense because you're not connecting the dots. And so the better you know the stories, the better you're able to make sense of things. I'll show you an example of how this works. So um, uh, where was that? I can't remember. Oh, David Barton, this guy from Wall Builders. I was at a mm-hmm. deal and he was speaking there and he made a lot of emphasis on um, God created them both male and female, male and female. And I was looking up the word um, for male, it's zakar. And so zakar, I know that word. It's also the word for remember. And so God makes this word zakar. Okay, so this is kind of the weird part with the Hebrew, but once you start to get it, it's like riding a bike. You need the training wheels at first and kind of bumping side to side. But once you start to get it, you get your balance and you feel a little more comfortable. So like, why would the word for male versus female and remember be the same the same word. And I spoke with David Barton afterwards and shared this with him. And he said, you know, that's really interesting because fathers are to teach their children and teach them to remember all the stories. Uh-huh. And so it's, a, it's almost like, what's the connection? What is the connection? Well, fathers are to teach their children. Teach them what? The ways of the Lord. How do you do that? Know the stories. And so part of Anna is to see it in layers and say, so like, where does this occur? You need to know because it'll help you to understand the significance of Anah. So in the book, I use the story of um, Samson. And so we know about Samson, and he, if anything, is like Superman. I mean, he's like Iron Man or Hulk or whatever you want to use. <laughs> he's like the superhero of the book. <laughs> he is. Like, he could do anything. Like, pulls things down, tears the lion's mouth open, Kills like was it a thousand or a hundred? I can't remember, but it's a lot with the with the jaw of a um, of an ass, you know, a donkey. Like, oh my goodness! Like, Hulk's got nothing on that. And so, anyways, we're close to it. That's Samson, and so he is afflicted. And the way that he's afflicted, they can't overcome him. And if you read the story, so read the story, and the way that they overcome him, they realize they'll, they'll never take him on a frontal assault. So what they say is, you know what we got to do with this guy? We got to sideline him. We got to take him out of action. We can't just like go right head to head with him and win. But if there is some way that we could take him off the playing field, then we wouldn't have to worry anymore. And it's that word, Anna. And so they do it through Delilah. And you know the story. Ultimately, she shaves his hair, his hair and, and then he loses his power. Um, but the more important thing is they succeeded in their goal. And what was their goal? to take him off the playing field. So Anna, there's three letters, and so here's where the pictographic part of the Hebrew language comes in. The first letter is Ein, 
and in the pictographic form, it looks like an I. And then nun, it looks, it becomes our N, because a lot of people don't know that our language, Latin-based languages, come from Hebrew. They originate in the Hebrew. So the nun becomes our N, and then he becomes our H, ana. And so it's pretty easy to learn how to speak the Hebrew, even though the letters are different. And so eins and I, nun, uh, it's a picture of fish darting in water, represents life, and then he is a window to see something. So when you're afflicted, you watch life through a window. Like think of a person who is handicapped, um, bedridden, um, paralyzed, whatever the handicap may be that keeps them off the playing field of life. So it's like they can see life. They see life passing them by. That's affliction. So when Samson had his hair cut, shown, whatever the word is they use, shaved, he was sidelined. He got to see everything going on around him, but now he was no longer a player on the field. And so ana, affliction in the Hebrew, that's what it means. And so then the question becomes, be careful of things that might afflict you because you'll no longer be on the playing field of life. And I would actually make the argument too, you, you kind of said their goal was to sideline him. When you look at the story of Samson though, would you, would you say that he kind of sidelined himself? I mean, when you really look at at the way the story plays out, yes, they were the ones that did the actions, but but in a sense, he kind of sidelined himself because he slowly, you know, went against God's will. He slowly let Delilah get into his head and and make him tell her how to how to get rid of his strength. You know, he he kind of, in a sense, brought it on himself. Would you say? So watch how beautiful the Hebrew is. So, the word for male, you're male. Uh, I'm hoping you're not like some gender <laughs> cis trail. Oh my gosh, I was driving in and I heard him talking about like the 50 some odd versions of gender identification on it's Facebook. Insane. It's nuts. But anyway, there's two, just so you know. <laughs> just so you know. So males, a car. So here you are and you're doing what? You're remembering the story. But you have to know the story first to be able to remember it. And so, yeah, I agree with you 100%. There's more going on here than just his haircut because how did he get to the point that his hair was cut? How did she know to do that? Like he was playing. I mean, it's it's really kind of disturbing when you see the whole story because like Samson, like, dude, you know that those powers weren't your own. Like you knew you weren't like doing the curls and bench pressing that you were so strong. That, I mean, that was supernatural divine power and you're going to play games with it. Yeah, so of course there's more going on here below the surface, but you got to know the story to know those things. Right. Um, do you think if I grew my hair out, I could get superpowers like that? <laughs> I don't know. Give it a go. <laughs> I've never had the patience. I can't get it long enough. Um, one of the other characters you talk about in here, characters, they're not characters, they're real people, but yeah. you know what I mean, um, is Caleb and how he avoided affliction. Um, talk about that a little bit, what, sure. you, what you mean by that. Yeah, so I mean, and so here's another one that just is awesome that you can't appreciate unless you know it from the Hebrew. So his name, Caleb, Caleb we say Caleb, so the B is kind of a V sound to it. Mm -hmm. And so there's three letters, Kaf, Lamed, Beit. And so another thing about the Hebrew is that we'll have words within words. So it's kind of like those nesting dolls, you know, the matryoshka, whatever you say. Matryoshka dolls. Uh, hey, I know thank these you. Well. Yes. <laughs> I'm married to a Russian. Excellent. So I'm corrected. <laughs> My Russian's better. So, um, so those nesting dolls, you know, it's like a doll within a doll, and the Hebrew works the same way. 
in that you'll have words within a word and they relate to each other. And so Caleb, three letters, but there's two words. The first is kaflamed, kol, it means all. And then lamed bait, taking the, the, the second and third letter, that's another word, it means heart. And so um, Caleb's name means all heart. And so if you read the story of Caleb, not Joshua, but Caleb, and God says of Caleb, he specifically calls out Caleb, and he says that he followed after me fully. Well, how do you follow after God fully? It means you're face-to-face, like Moses went up and it said that he is face-to-face with God, panaim, panaim in the Hebrew. And so Caleb was this person that never wandered from his master. And so if you think of a dog, because Caleb is also the word for dog, And so dogs, if anything, you know, what do they call them? Man's best friend. And so Caleb was a dog. (laughs) He was the best friend of God. Why? Because through thick or thin, what did he do? He was fully devoted to him. And so this person of Caleb, he's a picture of how you avoid affliction. How do you avoid being sidelined? Well, you don't do dumb stuff like Samson did. Always testing the limits thinking that it's you who's doing it and forgetting who the one is that really leads the battle and wins the victory. Caleb kept that in order always. And so it's why he, above all people, he's the one that had that distinction that God calls out as an example for you and I to remember, Zakar, male, for us to remember this thing and then tell our kids, be like Caleb. Yeah, so that's all great, amazing stuff, uh, and I want I want my listeners to really appreciate this. This is something that I've experienced too. When you when you really think about affliction, when you think about one of my biggest prayers, also has been, I I don't want to be on the sideline. Whatever goes on in this life, whatever goes on, whatever God ends up doing in Corona or in the United States, I don't want to be watching it. I want to be a part of it. You know, I want to be. That's why you know I get involved in certain things. I'm involved with Bible release time uh, teaching. Uh, fourth through sixth graders at their school uh, about the Bible, and uh, you know I I don't want to be afflicted in this way where I'm watching life kind of pass by. And there've been times when I kind of have, you know, when I when I wasn't paying attention to what God was doing and I was paying attention to what I thought God wasn't doing. Those are really the times where I've just been not participating in life. I've been not participating in what God's doing because I think He's out to I think He's out to afflict me when really I'm afflicting myself. I'm sitting in my house watching life pass by through the window. And um so I just encourage you guys to do you know, we talked about freedom earlier. You know, freedom is kind of in a sense the opposite of affliction. You're not watching life through the window. You're you're participating and you're you're getting yourself to this physical freedom, spiritual freedom, mental freedom. Um, and it, you know, it requires action on your part as far as praying and as far as reading and as far as uh, learning these things that you need to learn in order to and pay attention to what God's doing. Don't don't think that he's out to afflict you. If you're if you're praying for wisdom and knowledge, he's not going to sideline you and take you out of the game. He's going to put you in the game, but you have to be paying attention to what your position in, on the field is, you know. A lot of this uh, sounds like you're talking a lot about Hebrew, but your your book is also talking about health, it looks like, a biblical prescription restoring body and soul. So where do you go in this book as far as the health aspect? Well, we, we, we really make it very practical, and, and it comes down to a level of application like you can't imagine. So 
Uh, part of my answer is going to be get the book <laughs> because you can't really appreciate we'll it. I mean, there's so much depth in this. Uh, what I do is I address this condition called metabolic syndrome. And if you Google metabolic syndrome, it is a hugely discussed issue right now. Uh, most people are aware of it, maybe not by the title metabolic syndrome, uh, but it's four conditions that consist of obesity, high blood pressure, so the fancy word's dyslipidemia, but that means you've got cholesterol problems, and then hypertension. So if you've got high blood pressure, um, cholesterol issues, oh, I missed one, diabetes, uh, that's huge, that's a big problem, or obesity, that's metabolic syndrome. And so the book really walks you through metabolic syndrome through the lens of the Hebrew, and amazingly, we're able to track this very real physical condition and discuss it on the most detailed physiological level like you can't imagine through, of all things, the ancient Hebrew picture language. Wow, that's amazing. Who knew there was, <laughs> who knew there was a key to health in the Hebrew picture language? And there is. Yeah, so, so talk a little bit more about metabolic syndrome. I, I kind of want to give the listeners a, because so many people, I actually read a statistic online the other day that just blew me away. I mean, I knew it was prevalent, but I had no idea that it was prevalent, that close to 10% of people in the U.S. have diabetes. Is that higher? 30, 33% of the population has metabolic syndrome. So realize with that, with that statistic that to be diagnosed with metabolic syndrome, you have to have three of the four, obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, and cholesterol. So that means a third of the population has this condition and they're in big trouble. And the worst part about it is now our kids are getting it. And so then the question becomes, well, how do you get metabolic syndrome? Like, do you catch it? And I'd say, yes, you do catch it. And the way you catch it is through lifestyle, meaning diet and exercise. That's how you end up with metabolic syndrome. And uh, so talk a little bit more about that. How much exercise do we need? How much... Uh you know, when we talk about diets, there's so many diets out there. I mean, you can just get lost in, you know, the, the different diets that are online and the different diets that people are sharing. What what, what would you suggest as far as just getting started? You know, because what I've found is that you don't necessarily have to change. You don't have to change Rome in a day. You know, you don't have to build everything in a day. Take small steps. And that's kind of what I encourage you guys to do is do something. Take small steps each day to reach that goal if it takes small steps. But what's what's kind of the first thing people can do as far as diet to kind of change the way they eat and change the way they, um, they feed their body? Well, one of the things I was really careful with in writing this book is I wanted to have it be based in Scripture. I didn't want to just have it be my opinion because, let's face it, there's lots of folks with opinions, and a lot of them have degrees like I do, and you can just find a range of stuff and frankly, a lot of it's just kind of silly information that they're providing people. It's not sustainable, which is the most important thing. You know, here's the reality is most people who are dieting uh, or who are aspiring to diet, they've dieted before and they've lost weight. And so that being the case, it's not that diets don't work or people don't know how to diet. It's the holding on to the gains, meaning the weight loss. That's the challenge. And so then the question becomes, how do you do uh, a lifestyle change that you can make run for the, long, for the big picture, for the, long, for the long haul? And so it's really easy, and the Bible speaks of this. Proverbs 25, 27, don't eat too much sugar, or honey is the word. Uh, it's really bad for your liver, is what the Hebrew says. And it's true, because that's really what gets hammered in um, the cholesterol and the di diabetes issues. 
And then the other is God says in the early on in Genesis, he says, akol, akol, eat, eat. And when he says eat, eat, he's not pointing it in and out. <laughs> Although I, They didn't the, have in and out back then? It'd be great if there was, but I don't think so. <laughs> but what he said, eat, eat, was of all of the trees and the plants. And so what are they eating? You know, fruit and vegetables. And so a lot of people don't want to hear this because it's not the answer they want, but it's really this simple. Eat less sugar. Okay, that's what it says. Don't eat much sugar. There's other proverbs that say, um, don't eat so much sugar that you vomit it. You know, so curtail your sugar consumption and then also eat lots of fruits and vegetables. And the long story short is that if you adopted those two principles, you would find that the vast majority of your health issues would disappear because that's what drives metabolic syndrome. So are you talking about when you say the vast majority of your health issues would disappear, you're not just talking about metabolic syndrome, are you? Not at all. Not at all. What are some of the other things that Well, it's might interesting. Go away? You know, I, was, I was just reading an article this morning uh, out of my med- one of my medical journals that I reference regularly, and they were talking about the issue of um, Alzheimer's uh, and these uh, um, dementia issues that are a really big deal. And here's where it's a really big deal. So here we are, baby boomers, of which I'm one of. And as we progress into our later years, one of the most expensive conditions to uh, deal with as a family are, are, is dementia, cognitive, like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, that kind of stuff. And here's why. I'm dealing with it personally with a family member. When your loved one, parents, go from regular senior living in whatever place they go to, unless they're going to live with you. But I want to tell you what, you'll reach a point where they can't live with you any longer because if they wander out the door and they're on the freeway walking around, I know of that happening personally, Mm -hmm. they have to be in a place that's 24-hour supervised, like lockdown. It's really a tragic thing. And it costs a lot of money to put people in there. And so here's what the study I read this morning said. It said for those people when they hit dementia like that, Fish oil ain't going to help you at that point. If you do fish oil, DHA, if you do fish oil before you get dementia, you can greatly reduce the incidence of things like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and these other um, neurological degenerative conditions that hit older people. And so where's that come out of the Bible? It says eat lots of fat. I walk through that in the book. Fat's good for you. And so there is so much wisdom health-wise in the Bible, but we have to embrace it, and then we have to walk it out. And uh, as far as exercise, I, I think a lot of people, too, think that you know they have to go from zero to exercising three hours a day or lifting weights three hours a day. What, what's, what's kind of a good time period that you should shoot for to, to start with as far as how much exercise you should get? Well, it's kind of like the food question because, like, so what's the good diet? It's really quite simple. And you know the funny thing about the food recommendation is that because of the simplicity, a lot of people will reject it. In the same way where Jesus says, um, go forth and sin no more, like that's a pretty simple instruction, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so what did he just say? Go forth, like live life and don't do what? Sin. Right. Right. Like, it's pretty easy, (laughs) right? It's like, he didn't give like this long 10 point and then you do this and then, and 20 sets of that and 30 and that, and then bike ride for the, you know, it's not this crazy long prescription. It's like, just don't sin. And so in the same way that the food is pretty easy, don't eat too much sugar. Like if you cut down your sugar, good start because people eat tons of sugar and then eat fruits and vegetables, good start because most people don't eat any. So it's easy. You said do something. Those are easy to do something because people eat gobs of sugar. So it's easy to reduce. 
and they eat no fruits and vegetables, so it's easy to increase it. All you got to do is eat one piece a day. Like, how hard is that? Right. Right? Yeah, it's not hard at all. And so when it comes to exercise, then the question becomes, well, does the Bible talk about that? And it does, with the person of Caleb and also Miriam. And here's how. When they come up out of the sea, out of the Red Sea after, after it split, it says, Miriam and the women danced. And the word for dance, and, and it's in the book, you have to read it to fully understand it, but just suffice it to say that dance is really a great way of exercise. Now, I don't mean like just like get out and start dancing, although that would be okay. But You're it's not talking these, about going clubbing on the weekends, right? Not necessarily. <laughs> but it's these big body movements where you're really mm-hmm. extending your body, you know, kind of like the stuff you see them doing like Tai Chi and some of these martial arts. You know, they call them katas or different titles. Right. Uh, but they learn these body moves, and they're flowing, sweeping, and it really is more a matter of defining what exercise is, and to answer your question, like, what's a good place to start, how much, how long, it's more a question of what kind. Okay. What kind. And so the kind that you'd want to do is these big, sweeping, moving type of exercises that don't look like exercise from the perspective of lifting weight and getting all muscly. But I want to tell you, as a treating physician who treats people with the injuries from doing a lot of weightlifting and stuff, that's not such a healthy sort of exercise because you end up with a lot of permanent damage and injury as a result. So the question is, what's healthy exercise, big, sweeping, moving type of um, uh, exercise? And you should be doing that at least four or five times a week. What would you say, I, I know one of the things, and this is part of the freedom thing, I want it just came to me as you were talking, what would you say to people that are worried about doing things like Tai Chi or yoga or anything like that? I know there's some Christians that just feel like they're, they're doing Eastern medicine or they're, they're getting involved in things that they shouldn't be because they're Christians. Um, what would you say to them about stuff like that? Sure. Um, uh, it's a critically important issue to nail down before you start into any of this, and it has everything to do with what you're worshiping. And so if you're worshiping something other than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus, if you're moving your focus from God onto something else, and so you're adopting these practices of something like Tai Chi, and you're like, oh, tell me more about that energy stuff that you guys do. Well, then you got to move into, you know, Buddhism or whatever that they might be doing. That will be a red flag. But if you're simply doing the um, physical aspect of something like Tai Chi and you're not indulging, you're not engaging, you're not seeking the spiritual aspect of that. And some people may say, well, you can't separate the two because, in fact, they're kind of integrated, they're integral. Well, that may be true in some places, but I want to tell you what, there's plenty of Christian dojos. Uh, where they teach this sort of thing, and they don't integrate that aspect of it. So I think it's important, to your point, to be aware of um, the fact that some of these things like Tai Chi could lead a path that way. And so what do you do? Avoid it altogether and seek out like a Christian Tai Chi group. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think there's some people that um, just aren't living in that freedom to be able to do these things. And it's not necessarily the, the movements that are that are going to get you in trouble. It's if when you go deeper into the the spiritual aspect of it, like you said. So, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you said that. Um, one of the things I want to talk about is, uh, you know, one of the ways that we've gotten to where we are is through wisdom of other people. Um, what are some books that you've read along the way that have kind of 
influenced you, helped you, uh, helped you grow deeper in your relationship with the Lord, helped you grow in your relationship with Hebrew? Um, what are some of the books that you recommend that the listeners read? That sure, I'll, you know, I'll give you a book and then I'll give you a website too. The book is called Hebrew Word Pictures. It's by Dr. Frank Seekins. And so you can get that on my website, actually, because it's it's so integral to understanding this that I have that available for you. So you could do that. It's Dr. Chris Green, and there's an E on the end of green, so drchrisgreen.com, and go to the bookstore, and I have it there. So that would be one place and one resource that's really important. The other is a place called Aleph, A-L-E-P-H, Beta, B-E-T-A, so alephbeta.org. It's this fantastic place to learn um, the Bible from a Hebrew perspective. Now, I have to warn you, though, this is not a Messianic, meaning Christian Jewish people. These are just Jewish people, and it's a rabbi, Rabbi David Foreman. And he's an outstanding teacher, and they do it. it they're animated um, little 10, 15-minute segments. But I want to tell you what, like we were talking about Samson and Caleb, you will learn those stories in a way that you've never known them before. And you don't have to be afraid, like what you were asking in regards to the Tai Chi and Eastern. And this is the Bible. Right. <laughs> They're reading your Bible. <laughs> all right. So it's like maybe they don't have the New Testament, and, and, and that's a different issue. But they are reading the Bible, and they're studying it from the Hebrew, which is the source text, the original language. So it provides something for you and I from a Christian perspective that we're not normally, um, we, that we don't normally have access to. I wouldn't say that we're not exposed to it because we are exposed to it every time we read it. We're just reading the English translation. They're going straight to the original source. Right. Yeah. There's a lot you can learn from uh, even non-Messianic Jews. I mean, there's um, one of the guys I follow is Perry Stone. He's he gets a lot into the Hebrew also, and and he's got those relationships, like you say, with the with the Jews over in Israel and. Um, these rabbis that, that give him a deeper meaning into the Hebrew, you know, that you don't have to be afraid of that. You, it's, it's fine. <laughs> you know, they're not going to sure. lead you down the wrong path. Right. And, and I mean, the reality is there's a great open door if you approach it respectfully, meaning that, um, you know, here's, here's what God doesn't need from us. He doesn't need you and I to win people over. I mean, he's, those people like Pharaoh, they're going to respond to him according to how they choose to respond to him. What you and I can be is we can be a light, we can be a vessel, we can be a conduit for his light to shine through us. And the incredible thing is that they can know us personally and know, you know, warts and blemishes and all that kind of stuff and see it's like, wow, they are kind of like Samson because I know that guy and he's a rascal. And like, he's so changed. Like, there's no way that that is him unless something has happened to him inside of him that's changed him. And that's the beauty of us being brothers and being a light to the world in that we want to be transparent in that we're, we can't hide who we are, you know, all, all the details. And, and But we can also not hide once we've been changed from the inside. We could hide that, but we're not to. We're to take that out and be that light under the world. You said the word brother, and I smiled because I remembered what you taught me about the word brother in, in the Hebrew. It's pretty amazing stuff. Go look it up on your own, guys. Get his book. Um, all right, let's uh, let's kind of round this out with uh, if you were to, you know, in one or two sentences, just give one summary of advice, one thing that you want the listeners to. Uh, go away with at the end of this. What, what's one piece of advice that you want them to get through this uh, from this interview? Sure. So let's pull it back to Samson and how it was that he became afflicted. 
And what, what was his downfall is he took his eyes off of God. He allowed himself to be consumed with Delilah, with these pleasures of the flesh, with stuff that, frankly, is not the way that God calls us to walk. It's not of the ways of God. And so how do we become afflicted? By letting that happen to us. How do we avoid it? By keeping our eyes on him always, drawing near to him through his word, praising and worshiping him, and being so close like Caleb, so that at the end of the day, because after all, that's what we look forward to is the end of the day, what does he say? Does he say about us that we followed like no other person so closely that we are fully after him with all of our heart? And in fact, that's what we aspire to do. So that's maybe more than two sentences, but it's really this concept of a na, not being sidelined, knowing how we become a sidelined, taking our eyes off of God and know what the antidote is, being fully engaged with God. And being free in the process. Thank you so much, Dr. Green. Uh, where can people get your book? Well, right now we're taking pre-orders on the website, drchrisgreen.com. And then it's going to be released uh, end of March, early April. And ask your bookstores uh, if they don't carry a copy. Um, we're having distributors getting it out there right now. So right now you can get it at the website. And if they don't carry a copy, tell them they should because it's an amazing book. So Please do. Yes. Uh, where else can we find you? So we've got drchrisgreen.com. Are you on uh, Facebook, Instagram, any of that I am. stuff? So you can, uh, my, my page on Facebook is Dr. Chris Green. That's easy enough. And I'm also on Twitter, at Dr. Chris Green. And so those are two good places to get in touch with me. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Dr. Green. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And, and find your freedom. Find we, The number one thing I want is for you guys to be free and and know the spiritual freedom that you're supposed to be walking in as you learn about God and learn about uh, this life and the way that he wants us to live it. Um, as we were going through this interview, I, I realized I, I really want to kind of give a shout out to Frank Blasi. He's, he's the guy that I talked about in the beginning when I first came to Corona, and uh, he kind of brought me deeper into the scriptures. And I thought, you know what, I want to I actually give him a shout out because he really helped me along this journey and, and for a couple of years and, and still is. I mean, he, he's since moved to Washington, but he's still sending me emails that are teaching me things. So um, just wanted to give you that shout out, Frank, and thank you so much for what you've meant in my life. Thank you, Dr. Green, for what you've meant oh, in my life you. and uh, for being my friend, my brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will catch you next time. Oh, you can subscribe to this podcast at iTunes or you can visit holyanointing.com to listen to it. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y. It's a wordplay. I told you I was a language nerd. And uh, yeah, so subscribe to the podcast, check out the blog, and uh, if you have any questions, you can reach us there at the website, and we will catch you next week on the holyanointing.com podcast.